You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Get your grand out of the cold, Alex. It's time to meet those two nice lads of the TV Soldier Soldier. Yes, Robson Green. And your own Flynn are still top of the pops. And love. Oh, and love, he's got a real chance now. Peter and love. John Walk will take the penalty. Up goes Dion Dublin. Unknown goal from Ruddock. Ball by Frank here for Kiwabia. Panister and Bruce in the queue again. Bruce scores! Oh, a magnificent goal from Darren Huckabee. Still rule Fox. He's gone to the left. Oh. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh and he has to. No. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin. Will he score the 90s football show? I am Chris Gold. Joining me here in the studio is Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And Stuart Houston to our Bruce Rioch. It's director of podcast, Michael Marden. Howdy. How are you, Chris? Um, mate, Matt Ford talking Nottingham Forest. It's brilliant. It's, it's a great subject, Matt. We've often had a footballer or a comedian. For the first time, we've got a comedian who seems to have lived their life in football. <laughs> <laughs> a whole childhood spent harassing yeah, Nottingham finally, Forest players. <laughs> and finally, he's got a place to and talk about. It pays about off it. in bags yeah. for us. Shall we uh, get on with the correspondence? Yes, please. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Right, now. As we get towards the end of the series, I'm going to really miss these moments. Well, genuinely, this is one of my favourites we've ever received. This is from Alistair Davidson. Thank you, Alistair, who found um, some old copies of Match Magazine with his bank holiday. And he sent us um, some great uh, (laughs) things that he's found in the Match Magazine. So I'm going to read you my two favourites. The second will operate in a quiz format. But the first, this is a section where... uh, Footballers talk about their other business interests. Oh, uh, great. Including, we've got, he's got Julian Joachim talking about running a Chinese restaurant, but this is Danny Dicchio discussing uh, his life as a disc jockey. <laughs> <laughs> so, club, Southampton, position, striker, any faves, too many. Don't know what they're referring to. Danny says, I don't really go to music shops that often because I'm a DJ and I get all the good records sent up from a record shop in London. Posh? <laughs> yeah. This is my favourite line ever. I had the horny song months before it was in the national charts last year. (laughs) (laughs) What a scoop. (laughs) 
months, months before. Yeah, you had that horny song. Dick has been spreading it for months. <laughs> And you don't need any more. That's it, really, with Danny Dickia. Well, you, interestingly, I have been to Julian Joshim's Chinese restaurant. No, have you? Yes, genuinely. I'm pretty sure it's in Leicester. Because I went, oh God, it would have been nine, it would have been early '99. It was when Man United won the. This treble. was '99. This match. It was. It Coffee was match, uh, yeah. early '99. I went to. I watched Man United beat Leicester six-two at oh, uh, what was it? Filbert Street. Filbert was Street, it the old yeah. Filbert Street ground? And Dwight York scored a hat trick, and we. <laughs> We asked the receptionist at the hotel where was good to eat, and she said Julian Joshi. <laughs> of course she did. She's not an idiot. Owns a Chinese restaurant, so we did went. Did you see it? Was there any reference to Joshi? No, there were no sort of Francis Benali style murals. No, um, yeah. <laughs> we just saw him crying in the kitchen. Heavy <laughs> 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 like defeat. Uh, but he. I remember, but he wasn't at Leicester at the time. I think he'd gone moved to Aston Villa by that point. You don't move your Chinese restaurant. It was, <laughs> you're an idiot. Um, it was the food was awful. Like it oh, was, was it? yeah, yeah. I, I had a hoisin duck and it was really fucking dry, like so dry. Oh, well, I think that. his bitter tears probably <laughs> did some damage to the cuisine. Happy well, Valley. It was called Happy Valley. If you want help with uh, making a meal less dry, you might want a tip from this other column in Match Magazine, <laughs> in which Nigel Martin. Lists his top five drinks. <laughs> no, I was thinking, what well, my top five It's a difficult thing to do because of different occasions. But obviously, Nigel Martin, his top five favourite drinks, he covers... Well, why don't we turn it into a game? Do you want to have a get? We'll do it like Family Fortunes. I was just trying yeah, to think. They're, they're numbered what... one to five. I'm going to presume that's in order. I don't know whether... The, okay. Michael? Well, he's... he's No offence to Nigel Martin. He always struck me as a very bland... <laughs> yes. ...vanilla I, kind of I guy. I really don't think you're about to be surprised, though. So, <laughs> I, I'm going to go... I'm going to go for water. No! way, <laughs> uh, mate! No. I can see Nigel Martin with a flat cap and a dog in his local pub drinking a stout. A stout? Well... Or an ale, an ale. Right, well, you've got your half rhyme, you're not specific enough. I'm going to take you through Nigel Martin's top five drinks. Should we, should we play it out as a pub, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll keep asking for drinks, you keep saying they're not available, and I'll run through my five top options. <laughs> so I'll be Nigel Martin, and you be his local publican. Okay. So I'm, I'm Nigel Martin, I'm walking into your pub. Okay. Hello, Nigel. Could I have a. Usual. Could have the usual, which is a John Smith's draft. Oh, draft, he specified. Yeah. I mean, you, you give him the point for that. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, do you have a John Smith's draft? Uh, no. All right, could I have a milk? <laughs> <laughs> Number two is milk. Number two is milk. <laughs> Sorry, we're just out of milk. Oh, right, right. I'll just have an orange squash. <laughs> Oh, they're just out of Robinsons as well. Oh, right? no, I'll just have a tea. <laughs> You're all over the place, Nigel. You having a stroke? <laughs> I've got... Have you got any tea? No, I've got one out tea, right? Tea. All right. Well, I'll go for my fifth favourite drink. Instant coffee. <laughs> Why would you pick instant coffee? <laughs> what? Best list you've ever heard oh, in your life. Brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. Um, if 
you've genuinely got anything from <laughs> have you got old match or shoot oh magazines God. I think that's a regular feature where they do the top yeah. fives Amazing. and why footballers talk about their other business interests <laughs> Please go through them, shoots or match, or 90 minutes even. Yeah. Uh, email us, um, hello at quicklykevin.com. Now, what's the news on Chris Bart Williams' small feet? <laughs> <laughs> Update from Guy. Hi, chaps. I used to be a kids football coach in America circa 2006-07. For some reason, the Bart man was also coaching with us. We're a bunch of graduates unsure what to do with our lives. Quite what former England B international was doing with us was always unclear. I can confirm that the Bart man has tiny feet Whoa. for a big man. I think size five, and he must have been six foot. We used to play coaching games. He barely moved, but was comfortably the best player. But the reason I'm emailing is he revealed to us the depth and quality of Brian Roy's porn collection. <laughs> Here we go. From his Nottingham Forest days. During international breaks, Brian would bring back his latest findings from the motherland. I only have the Bart man's word for this. <laughs> <laughs> love guy from Manchester Dutch guys love porn yeah, <laughs> if, I've said it if you're listening and you have any news on Bart Williams feet or Brian Roy's porn collection we are here <laughs> if you inherited those VHS's or you come across a Nottingham Forest bag in a forest stuffed full of over 50's <laughs> please get in touch before we get into Matt Ford can I just say one thing yeah. that I did because what I didn't realise when I used to listen to podcasts is that there's not just how many listeners you get but there's a big stat, which is how long people have listened through. So this morning, the Nish Kumar one came out of ours, this morning as, as to listening, and I thought, I'll listen to this in the shower, because uh, I hadn't heard it. And then I finished the shower, and I'd got about 15 minutes in, and then I, was, I had to go to work, and then I realised that I've got to stop this. So instead, I just turned it down to zero <laughs> and let it play out on my phone. So we got a higher yeah, listing. <laughs> so we didn't get a black mark against us. So I just want to say to listeners, if you don't listen to the whole thing, just turn your phone down and have it playing on in your background. Because <laughs> we really want them to just play out in full. All right, let's get into the good stuff. Here is Matt Ford talking Nottingham Forest in the 90s. Pierce possibly lining up a left foot shot for Forrest. Hello, welcome to Quickly Kevin Will He Score, the 90s football show, to Matt Ford. Hello. Welcome. Nottingham Forest fan. Yes. Here we go. Fan of the 90s. Fan of the 90s. I mean, I was saying this the other day to my girlfriend, as I often do. That it was the best time to be alive for our generation. Like, I reckon 96 to 97 specifically was where everything that I wanted to happen before basically well, Before 97 when the new Labour dream started to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you're a 96, Forest in the Premier League, Oasis and new Labour. Like, it was I was going to, I, I might as well start, I was going to end with this, but um, before we get on to your normal settling questions, if you had to choose between the 90s legends... Pierce, Gallagher and Blair. Ooh. Ooh, wow. For you, Matt, yeah. your three favourite people ever, who would you choose? Out of those three? It's hard not to say Pierce. Just wow. because I had such an emotional relationship with him. Like, he was just kind of like my first. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard not to go for Pierce. And I had a life-size cardboard cut out of him in my bedroom that I used to put aftershave on and all sorts. <laughs> not aftershave, deodorant, because that would imply that I was beyond <laughs> shaving age. Him. Yeah, and I was quite a late So what do you mean, you spray it on him when you were spraying it on yourself? It was, uh, a, it was a sure rollerball. <laughs> <laughs> and I just used to put it on his neck. 
<laughs> they used to sell them in the club shop of him in his kit and it was sort of 1991 era that FA Cup yeah. final kit but my mum I think they were 12 quid and my mum was like that's too expensive for a photograph and so I was like, you know it's a life size photograph like, it's not just like a Polaroid that flung him with 12 quid but at the time he was doing promo for Puma King so there's a shop in town called First Sport where they had a cardboard cut of him but in Puma King gear and she basically went in, tried to buy it, and they said, you can't buy it, it's just promotional. And they said, when the promotion's over, if you're the first person who comes in. And she went into that shop every day for three months. Basically, for 12 quid? For the sake of 12, 12 quid? quid. Yeah, but, but hang on, 12 quid in 1993. So, you know, that's like 14 quid. <laughs> <laughs> was, um, yeah, so I've got one that no one else had. So we always start with three questions uh, for the comics when we get them on. Question one, have you ever met a 90s footballer? Hundreds. I used to hang around the back. I had a season ticket for us to the main stand, which was the players' car park and the away team car park as well. Mm. So when the away team coach used to pull in, I just used to get all their autographs. Did you? So I've got like Redknapp, Barnes, Rush. I had a football that I got signed by Viali, Hullet, and then like Savo Milosevic. <laughs> I think David Phillips, like it's a real like it's an eclectic mix, a, a real eclectic mix. Yeah, yeah. Stuart Pearce is on there. Rude, just put it next to David Phillips. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <Story> who? <laughs> was I met so many of them. I met so many of them. Who so were you turning up with a ball? Did I every- just turn up with a farm foods carrier bag with this football. <laughs> Oh, so uncool. Yeah. Um, There's that guy with his little football bag. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the three hours before kickoff. Yeah. Shearer was incredible and he just signed for Newcastle he, st- he signed for hours in the car park at Forest did he before the game before the game yeah yeah, yeah. for at least an hour just signing autographs for Forest yeah. Man United always just got straight off the bus yeah and straight in and I remember it was just as a kid asking Ryan Giggs for his autograph he didn't even look at me and I had a season to get near the tunnel and it's an exposed tunnel at Forest and when they ran out for a warm up I jumped him, him. Jumped him on the arm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I jumped Giggsy on the arm and Gary Pallister winked at me as if to say <laughs> Well you know, done. Yeah, well done for getting there first. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. I saw Bruce Grubble or club with someone. Some guy threw Monopoly money at him, a kid, and he slapped him across the face. I saw Lothar oh. Mateus, like, open hand slap for? Bayern Munich. Quarterfinals of the UEFA Cup. Someone went, Lothar, Lothar, and he just went, fuck you, and like, open hand slapped the guy. Open hand slap. Just like a kid. It was wow. just shot. It was incredible. Really violent days down there at the city ground. <laughs> We were saying last night, when you get to the ground like three hours early, obviously it's a great time to meet the footballers, but getting autographs before a game, I once met Paul Durkin and got wow. his autograph. I've got his, I've got his so autograph. I was going to ask you, <laughs> if you had a, an autograph of a referee, would you go out of your way? Well, yes. Yeah, 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 I've got Paul Durkin's, but then I've got, I got <laughs> Durkin. What, what did you say Adrian to Paul Durkin? Walmer. Who's Adrian Walmer? He was a referee. He was a referee. Of, I was a mascot for a Forest game and he was referee for that, so I've got his autograph then. <laughs> but Nigel Clough left me behind, so I had to walk out with a ref. What? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was like the rest mascot. Yeah, yeah. I was too that? nervous. I was too nervous to say, "Is this when we go out?" And then someone was like, "What are you still doing in the corridor?" <laughs> <laughs> no. Like everyone, oh, like no. I knew people at that game. I was at school, like I was, like, oh, wow. you know, yeah. at ten years old, and everyone at school was like, "Ah, he got left behind," and like. It cost oh. me more fortune. I felt so. I felt guilty that my mum had spent money on something that basically had oh. only half. Man, happened. hang on, shame on Nigel Clough. What you? Yeah, oh, Jan, know, that's know, the one I job. Know. I was just, oh. just sort of stood there in a kitchen. Like, it was so oh, embarrassing. That's terrible. Oh. Yeah. Terrible, Nigel Clough. Sad scenes. Um, the yeah. now the next question um, is: Did you have any ways you played football in the nineties? Any particular ways? We well, do like all the usual headers and volleys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Would you commentate? I used to commentate all the time. Did you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to do people's heads in. 
because I could do the voices as well. <laughs> it was really sort of interestingly enough, this is the third time that Nottingham Forest have needed a goal in the night. Well, that's fantastic, and all that sort of thing. We used to, really do, like, we used to play a game called Stingers. I don't know if you ever do that. No, no what's that? Headers and volleys, basically, like with a jeopardy element where if you missed, you had to face the wall and everyone would blast a football. Oh, yeah, we played that, it was called Donkey's Arse. Yeah. <laughs> always going to hear that on the, the second time it's gone. <laughs> I remember getting my mate Ralph on the head. And I'd only, we were only like four or five yards away. I've got no idea what happened, but he went down quick, man. Like, it was really, it was, sort of explains to his mum why he was crying. Um, so I grew up on a terraced street. There's basically like Coronation Street. So the front door straight out into the street. Around the back was a yard that was concrete with a sort of chest-high wall that then looked over onto the, the back-to-back, so just rows yeah, of yeah, two yeah. streets. Because we didn't have any grass, my mum got an allotment off the council and just put grass on it instead of, like, growing veg. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to walk half a mile up the road to go to, like, you know, surrounded by, like, you know, those trestles that people have. <laughs> Loads of old guys just growing maras. This allotment. My mum went livid as well, right? So... I took some of a white gloss and a paintbrush and painted football markings on this allotment. Why does anyone with a white gloss? Tiny bitch in the middle of the allotment. How big's this allotment? Oh, it's tiny. So I just did it like with a brush, and that obviously like just kills grass. Like just, <laughs> it's like, probably lead-based paint. Like. <laughs> and all these other like allotment. Because people take their allotments very seriously. They yeah. are very territorial. Yeah. And people are like, well, it's not a playground for kids. This guy used to like brew his scrumpy and give it to us. We were like ten years old. <laughs> what? It was like we were hammered, <laughs> covered in lead. Like, <laughs> it was a kite, like scrumpy. Oh, no, so you you say, did scrumpy. you did you have any ways you played football when you kid? No, just the normal ways. <laughs> No, we've asked you to bring in one clip. Uh, your favourite clip of the night. Oh, this is an absolute gem in an era of profane football manager interviews. This stands out because it's it's the it's the claustrophobia of it and the power relationship between interviewed and so interviewer. This is Walter Smith versus Chick Young. Yeah. <laughs> and it is called Walter Smith versus Chick Young yeah. on YouTube. And this never went out, did it? I don't think, well, I'd be amazed. So Walter Smith's been interviewed in the tunnel at Rangers in sort of mid-90s, and uh, I think the interviewer is asking him about Rangers being able to compete in Europe yeah. compared to the Scottish League, and do they really have the sort of players that can p- compete? Walter Smith is not in a good mood from the outset. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first frame of this interview clip, he is, he is annoyed before a yeah. question's been asked. So, so maybe there's something, maybe there's a, there's a context between these two that I'm not aware of, or Walter Smith's just in a bad mood that particular yeah. day. But what unfolds, what is, what's quite remarkable about it is Walter Smith's tone doesn't change. He doesn't shout. Yeah. But he just gets increasingly annoyed with him. <laughs> Uh, and the language is just remarkable. And it, it's when other people start getting involved is my favourite bit. OK, we'll play some in. Last night, two of the disappointments depart with the big money signings from Europe this summer bombing Madrid. Would you go on with that? No, I'm not answering that. <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say is that you've gone out and spent at the highest level. We think the highest level. I mean, you have to... Is the standard of, of standard of player in Europe at the top level is higher again? Are you going to have to go and match the AC Milan and pay these kind of fees? Well, say, I'm not following your line of question. You say at that point, it's, it's not so, that Walter doesn't understand the line. I'm not saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I don't follow you. He's saying I have no desire 
Also, to have this conversation. Opening question. I'm not answering that. I know. <laughs> yes. Imagine how much your balls would fall through the floor if you're uh, the interviewer yeah. in that yeah. situation. Well, it immediately becomes like a police interview then. Yeah. It's like no comment. So yeah. then the, the guy, the poor interviewer then has to sort of behave as if, he has to react to he the fact that keep, something is wrong. Yeah, yeah, But these players seemingly are not good enough for the, at the highest level in Europe. There's I don't think you can say that. I mean, how can you, how can you say that? Well, I mean, they've just came at the place, haven't they? I mean, you've got to give everybody a chance to, to settle. I mean, you're saying Volley and Lido can't play in Europe. No, I'm saying that... Well, Volley's got a European cut on his medal, for fuck's sake. He can't say he's not good enough to play in Europe. Well, what's the catch of it? Well, at the end of the day... What no, I'm but that's what you're saying. What I'm saying to you is, uh, obviously, there's... I mean, you can't say that Volley and Lido can't fucking play. I mean, uh, uh, Lido played seven games out of ten for AC Milan last year. And Bolly played in a team that's won the European Cup and only never played in it last year because they were banned. You can't say can he fucking play in Europe. Well, at the end of the day... <laughs> what I really like about it is, he's almost yeah. whispering. Yeah! yeah. No. So! He's keeping yeah. his... What I love is, he's obviously keeping his voice down because they're in an echoey part of the stadium. <laughs> but he's keeping his voice down while swearing. Which is <laughs> like, yeah, it's doubly threatening. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's really intimidating. So, you know, there's no one else around as well. And I wonder if Chick Young's thinking, is he going to hit me? Like, <laughs> he's just kicking off that much. Yes. And also, when he starts swearing, it becomes clear that Watersmith knows you ain't using this. That's right. Now, yeah, now, now the camera's irrelevant. I'm swearing. It's one on if one. If I was Chick Young yeah. at this point, and, I'd cut it down and go, yeah. good result of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've been up on 8-1 now. They're not good enough to play in Europe. That was your fucking word to me. They one of your fucking laughing about. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, you're to be there. They two are no good enough well, to play in Europe. Fuck me. The, so at this point, two people walking <laughs> down the tunnel. Yes. So who are these people? They're like, I reckon. Well, one of them's Archie Knox. That's right. One of them is Archie. The Knox. guy who says he walks past and is like, "If I was you, I'd shove that microphone up his fucking ass." <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. It's he's it, so thick. It's got his accent. You don't know what he's yeah. saying. Well, that's what also makes this really funny. Is the accent is a really good accent for swearing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I fucking kind of see that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Archie, come on! You're a fucking interview. Oh, oh, man. Man. Just fucking say the interview, and we'll keep. Well, he's coming out with what's shaking. Like, fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> what's great about that is the only words you can make out are the swear words. Like, well, he's shaking. Oh, fucking ass. Like, what I love about that is they've walked from the end of the tunnel. They've got no context. <laughs> so they they almost hate this chick younger. <laughs> Because they don't know that the interview is going badly. Well, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I just, who are the two players? Uh, Brian Loudrup. Yes, Loudrup and Basil Bolly. The previous season, he scored the winning goal in the Champions League final for Marseille. Oh, did he? They won 1 0 and he scored. So he's not a nobody. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. Champions League winner. The Rangers fans. What I'm trying to get at is the Rangers fans would are demanding or hoping for. Who is the chairman last week? We're fucking shiting, all right. And this week's exactly <laughs> fucking same. If we had a bad night last night, you're having a fucking horrendous one now. <laughs> no, it's bleak, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It is. It's bleak. It's the setting as well. So obviously they've said, look, Walter, can we do an interview? If if Walter Smith says, meet me at an empty Ibrox and let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to Nottingham Forest. So Brian Clough. Oh man. Yeah. Your hero. Oh, You've met him? Yeah, yeah, I was a mascot for Forest Game when he was manager. Yeah, so how, how did that go? 
Badly. Um, well, firstly, I got left out by his son. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> as we've established. I had serious eczema on my face. Uh, we were in the dressing room and he was drunk. And uh, Pre-match or post-match? Pre-match. Right. Hammered. And like, I don't know if you remember, the, his face was red raw yeah, 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 at that yeah. point. And I had like, eczema on my face and he went, Bloody hell, son. You are an ugly bugger. <laughs> So I'm 10 years old. Because what you've been doing all afternoon, sunshine, headbutting pizzas. <laughs> and I said, to, oh, I said no, oh, that's all. So no, Mr. Clough, it's X, man. He goes, ah, oh, come on, give your granddad Brian a kiss. And so he kisses me, takes me into the physio's room. Roy Keane and Nigel Clough are in there, like getting their thighs done by Graham Elias, the physio. <laughs> Have you got anything for this young man's face? <laughs> and he gave me this stuff called Betnovate, which any eczema sufferers who listen will know is a steroid based ointment. And it, it, it was remarkable. It cleared it up. And I went back to my GP and uh, he said, oh God, have you, you know, taken wheat out of your diet or dairy or anything? So I've got this stuff benefit because you cannot put that on your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it can cause skin cancer. Well, did you get it? I was like, uh, Brian Clough gave it. And he goes, oh, what, you met Cloughy? What's he like? <laughs> back to the, he was a 10 year old said, yeah, but am I safe? Am I, you know, my head gonna fall off? And I remember years later, um, they, they take photos with you on the day, and I've got a lovely photo of me in my forest kit being hugged by Cluffy in his green jumper. And years later, when he released his second autobiography, Walking on Water, I queued up in Nottingham to get it signed. And I got the, the book signed, and then I had the photo, and I thought I'd get the photo signed as well. So I said, oh, I said um, can you sign this as well, please, Mr. Clough? And he looked at it, and he went, ah, I looked a lot better back then. So did you, you fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Many times I've met him, he like oh, sort of wow. really. it was great. But he is your hero. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, t- totally in love with him. So do you presumably? Cause you grew up. You're the same age as us. Grew up in the nineties, yeah. really. You don't really remember his prime. No. So when Forrest won the European Cup, I was born in '82, so all that had happened. Mm. But I remember the sort of late '80s when we we're going to Wembley and winning cups, and obviously the FA Cup final, the League Cup final, and ZDS and some other and all that, and then. Sadly, it was you know ninety two, ninety three, yeah. the first season of the Premier League, and it all fell to pieces. But people, did, I think there's a, people think that he really faded towards the end. But you were in the what was it like? I think you won six, four. Yes, make six cup finals in, in four, four years, seasons, including one four. That's right, including two cup finals at Wembley the summer before the Premier League started. So it's not like he faded away, really. I mean, they had you got relegated at the end, yeah. but it was still he was still hitting the heights in the yeah. early nineties. The show what was is, on the road the season before. Yeah. What is the ZDS Cup? It was the old Fairs Cup, so it was invented when England couldn't play in Europe oh, right, because yeah. of the ban. They had a new trophy that was only for the top two divisions. Oh, right. So, like, so that replaced the European fixtures, yeah. So it, became, it was the Simod in 89 and then it was the Zenith Data Systems in 92. Yeah. But it basically, w- once we went back into Europe, it was abolished. So the teams were playing in three cup competitions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the same people week in, week out, really. Like, it was, yeah. a bit, it was like being a Scottish football fan. For a <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was just tragic, but it was obvious that he was falling to pieces. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, but it was just in the tabloids and everything. Like, it was national news that he was drunk, you know, he did shredded wheat adverts and stuff and was slurring his words. And then right. Forest directors were talking to the tabloids, leaking recordings oh, of him drunk. So sad, and, isn't it? Yeah, and it was the first time that it sort of felt like the club was in real chaos. And did, they try, did people try and intervene? Yeah, I think people did, but he was very powerful. You know, he was a kind of like the Wenger of Arsenal, really, or a Mourinho at Chelsea. Like, he had yeah. a lot of personal power at the club. Mm-hmm. And people loved him, not just for the results, like, they were in love with him as a person. 
Yeah. It was a totally unique relationship that he had, not just with Forrest, but with the country. People loved him as a, as a TV personality, yeah. as, well as a philanthropist, and th that's why it was such a, an awful thing to go through, because it just wasn't about football. This was a guy that yeah. felt magic. He had a charisma yeah. so rare. So to just watch anyone fade like that, like, yeah, it was like yeah, watching yeah. Freddie Mercury fade. You're like, yeah. it felt like it was more than just about the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, I remember that season, it was the first season I had a season ticket. And any other manager would have, people would have, you know. Would have, he was only talk of sacking him. I think there was, yeah. Um, but he was just too, it was Brian Clough, like, just, it was just, un, I think until it was absolutely certain that we were going down, people just still thought that maybe we could st yeah. stay up and, and maybe we wouldn't have to confront this sort of awful yeah. problem. Yeah. And he was given the freedom of the city that year and there's this sort of huge rally in Nottingham Market Square I remember going to where people wanted him to stay and... God. I remember the last game where we got relegated against Sheffield United. A really awful rivalry with Sheffield United going back to the minor strike. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was quite febrile and... Um, the I just remember the stadium was in total silence towards the end, just stunned that this era was coming to an end. Really? And the Sheffield United fans started chanting Brian Clough, Brian Clough, Brian Clough. It's like, oh my, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Just the emotion of it was yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. It was even now, I, I find myself watching so many YouTube clips of him. And it what are your favourite clips of Brian Clough? Punching the fan. Punching, yeah, the punch of the fans are great. One of my favourites. Punch of the fans are great. Just, I mean, what was wonderful about him was he was very funny and he was very warm. Mm. He was also a bit of a bully. Yeah, he yeah. was also harsh. He was also highly arrogant. Yeah, so there's this phenomenal cocktail of everything that makes for a good interview in that man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of them are really. I mean, the one and this is the issue I had with the Dungeon United, the film, mm. was that the the interview with him and Revy. Um, yeah. that Austin Mitchell does the film makes it look like Clough is sort of punch drunk in this interview and ambushed and yeah. flat footed yeah. the real interview is electric television yeah, yeah. it's and amazing he, he bosses his way around an interview he's the man who's just been fired yeah, yeah. because I want to know something Don that you haven't done with Leeds I want to know when the league but I want to know when it better he goes <laughs> well, how, how could you win the league better than that we only lost five games he goes well I'd only lose four like he's just been fired from losing yeah. games right? yeah. he goes you don't understand that don't you Don and he goes yeah he goes good lad so good it's a masterclass in arrogance yeah. and just fronting it out so he but there were some really good players in that early 90s forest, yeah let, let's go through the beginning with a man I know you, who you love Stuart yeah. Pearce I've never seen an individual have an effect on a stadium like Stuart Pearce had at Forest, he wouldn't warm up before the game, so you would only see him just before. He wouldn't warm up. He wouldn't warm up on the pitch. You know what he used to do? He had a, he had a battered old football that he had, and he used to listen to the Sex Pistols on a Ghetto Blaster. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the in the in dressing room, so everyone else would go out and train, and he would like just scream and boot this old ball around in the Forest dressing room, so he wouldn't see him before kickoff, and then he would just sort of you know burst out at the start, and a place would just erupt. Wow. Psycho, man. psycho, and he would run up to the Trent and arms like war. <laughs> every oh, single week didn't matter what the game was yeah. like so wound up it was phenomenal the thing that made me like scared of him was the tattoo on the forearm I thought that is yeah. such a great little marker of a nut yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> especially then as well yeah yeah in those days I'm going to read you a letter we've had that fits in well an email uh, Richard Hadfield in early 1998, my university hockey team went to play a match in Durham at the same sports complex that Newcastle United physio and training work took place. Wandering around the labyrinthine buildings, we couldn't find our designated changing room. I became separated from my teammates and stumbled into a large changing room on oh my god. own. Oh god. There was just one man in there. Oh god. <laughs> and in an embarrassed and shy voice, I asked if he had finished and if the changing room was available. 
The man looked at me as if he was about to kill me. It was this point I realised he was completely naked. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to maintain eye contact with his haunting psychopathic stare. Does it look like I'm fucking finished, he said. (laughs) I mumbled an apology and backed out of the change room, terrified by the stark, bollock, naked killer. I bumped into a teammate in the corridor and whispered, I think I just asked a naked Stuart Pearce to get out of the change room. (laughs) As I stood there, traumatised, Stuart Pearce exited the change room, strode past us, still naked as the day he was born, and then climbed into a large bath with Ian Rush. (laughs) Wow. Sounds like a cheese drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was, it was it's really odd that because um I I remember writing to him, I invited him to my seventh birthday party. Yeah. And he replied. Did he? I had a hand and I I've lost it. And it's the one I it's the You've the still got the ball signed by David Phillips. That's yeah, 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 yeah. the important thing. Um but it was a handwritten letter and I'll never forget the top, my granddad was livid. You know when you write the address of yeah, yeah. The, the writer? He put Knott's Forest, which is like, oh, you don't oh, do yeah. that. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's as close as we get to sectarianism. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was... So not, Pierce not had put that? Pierce had written that, and he'd written a lovely handwritten letter, and it was the first, fra- first time I'd ever heard the phrase, prior engagement. That's <laughs> <laughs> a really odd thing, even then. <laughs> Even as a seven-year-old, I was like, that's a very odd phrase to use. Who's believed that Stuart Pearce knew that phrase? Just say something else on. <laughs> Double book. Yeah, just say can't. Just say no. But he sent me a signed photo. So also in that team, Roy Keane? Yeah. Wonderful. Well, was I mean, it? really unhinged. Yeah. But it was... That's quite an unhinged team. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was really skinny when he first came. Was yeah. Sort of whip it. Um, young sort of gangly little uh, skinny guy and then came back after one pre-season was just like chunked up really? in between like, yeah the end of like the 91 night walking season. with Trey guy imagine <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I'm not sure how true this is I, th- I think some of it is true that all of his injuries at Forest were non-football related they're all, really? just, they're all like, basically getting in fights back in yeah, Ireland in clubs, yeah, so yeah. he used to finish at Forest at like quarter to five on a Saturday would go straight to Eastman's airport, get on the flight back to, like, fly oh, really? to Cork and just be on it all weekend and come back on Monday night on crutches because he'd been brawling. <laughs> <all. laughs> I remember I met him that day that I was the mascot, right? And um, Pierce was injured mm. and he was my idol, so he wasn't there. So I, instead, like, I was like, oh, Nigel Cross, my second favourite player, so I had a photo with him and that. But my mate was a big Roy Keane fan, so I, t- I took a photo to get it signed and he had the thickest Irish accent I'd ever heard. Like, unintelligent. I couldn't make out a word he was saying. Like, and I'm obviously very scared of him. And he's naked. Because he's in the chosen room. So I'm asking a naked one, I was like, um, so I said, what's your name? I said, um, sorry? Oh, no, no, what's your name? What's your name? I said, oh, it's, um, it's Matt. And he starts writing, like, I said, oh, it's not for me. He went, oh. I said, it's for my mate Dan. Oh, for, f- oh, gee, oh, for God. Then just scrolls it out. <laughs> Like, like really like huffing and puffing while he's doing it and naked Roy Keane just like <laughs> signing this thing so this poor mate who I haven't really seen since um, <laughs> not because of that he's like, in London now and he, um, was, he had for ages like a sign photo which he ruined by Roy Keane I thought that was cooler in a way there's a cracking bit in Roy Keane's autobiography about Brian Clough as manager oh man that I thought would be worth reading out Ooh. Brian Clough was not immune to the pressures of the relegation dogfight, although he worked hard trying to project a devil-may-care attitude. 
After one home game, I went to see him to seek permission for a few days' home leave. Well, there it was we go. around 5.30 <laughs> <laughs> on a dark winter afternoon. His secretary took me up to the manager's office. Graham Taylor was sitting in the corridor outside what appeared to be an empty office. There was no light on. His secretary opened the door and beckoned me in. As I made to take a seat to await Clough's arrival, I assumed he was in the boardroom. A voice whispered from the corner, Roy, Roy, over here. <laughs> and there was one of the game's great managers sitting in the corner of the room. Is Taylor still out there? He asked. <laughs> yes, boss, I replied, raising a finger to his lips. He urged me to be quiet. He wants to see me about Nigel Clough but I don't want him to talk to me. Ron's told him I've gone home, Clough whispered. <laughs> the scene was comical in one way. So what's Taylor done? Has Taylor gone, called his bluff? I gathered that after another disappointing Saturday afternoon, Clough couldn't be bothered with the kind of aftermatch strike talk football managers often obliged in. Wow. <laughs> so there Why was a Graham Taylor, not the most scary man in the world no and the thing is if he's in there shushing Roy Keane who's obviously now taking part in the conversation in a dark room <laughs> Taylor's like you know what happened in there he comes to the garden nothing like it just chatting to myself in the dark room Cluffy as with any drunk who thinks they're being quiet will have been yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Great> <laughs> outside. it'll be like bumping into everything you're like Jesus, shut up! I'll be quiet. I love that image though. Roy, Roy, over here. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, so summer '91. Before again, before Clough departs, in comes Teddy Sheringham. Yeah. And How did you feel about that man? Uh, I liked him. I thought he was brilliant for Forest. Um, and I was sad that he left. He scored some great goals for us. There was a wonderful game near Christmas, and it was the big match with Elton Wellsby. Mm. And uh, love big match with Elton. Oh, so the theme. You know, I've tried to download that theme tune. You can't get it anywhere. You can get it on YouTube, you know that. You've come to the right place. I had it for a quiz with Jim Rosen. Oh, it's Long story. Let's not revisit that trauma. You had it for a quiz with Jim Rosen. Of course, of course. It was great. And Sheringham, I mean, that was one of the sort of great games for Forrest. It was brilliant. Yeah, the, I think the most iconic game for Forrest in that late Clough era was the FA Cup final, oh, where he came out holding hands with Terry Venables. Yeah, wearing a rosette that said "World's Greatest Granddad" on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Clough's wearing a "World's Greatest Granddad" rosette, and that was the he, game where Gazza got. Yeah, remembered for that. That was the beginning of the end for his career. Well, yeah, and it, you know they're both. What's phenomenal about that is Gazza commits what are two red card challenges yeah. and doesn't even see yellow, and they're both seen because they're both given free kicks for, but yeah. not cautioned. Which, to this day, the, the sort of injustice of it. I think that was the first time I realised life wasn't fair. <laughs> well, sadly, it was the stuff. first time Paul Gascoigne realised it. It was just, it was, it was just this. The first one was foot up, studs into the chest yeah, of Gary Crosby. Gary Parker. Gary Parker. And then the second one was that um, tackle on Gary Charles. Charles. Yeah, which, both horrendous challenges. And he was obviously just, his blood was up Gascon. I remember Clough saying that in the, in the tunnel, Gascon was going eight before kickoff, screaming and like bouncing off the walls. And he said to Venables, you're going to have to calm him down because this is, yeah. he's going to hurt somebody. And he yeah. did. Venables tells the story that he was like that in the hotel. He was like, he was the days before he was absolutely charged around. They, they just couldn't calm him down. Awful behaviour, uh, and I'm a big fan of Gazron. I love him. Yeah. Um, but that was—it was despicable. Not even a yellow, like nothing. Mm. It's remarkable. And what? what and then he scored from the free kick, didn't he? Yeah. Like free kick. So super, League Lover sort of moves a couple of people out the wall, I think. But you know, eye for an eye. <laughs> 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 it's, it's what's remarkable about watching it 
is firstly, and this is something that even as a child I sort of observed, how immaculate Forest players were. Short hair, side partings, shirts always tucked in, and they don't complain about any of it. So like, Parker gets wiped out, they just meekly get on with it. The free kick yeah. is, is a great bit. I ended up buying it on DVD, even mm. though we lost. Yeah, because it was such a big day for me. Like I do I remember it was a it huge so final. It yeah. felt like quite a big event yeah, in my childhood. Like, I feel like like quite an important FA Cup final. I think just because the age we were, that was probably yeah. the first big FA Cup. Well, yeah, big, but you know the first cup final that I think I watched yeah. actually. And there's a bit in it where Pierce is putting the ball down, and Gaza keeps sort of coming up to him. I think to try and psych him out. He's still on the pitch. He's still on the pitch. He's on the end of the wall with his shattered leg, and um, Pierce just really calmly looks at him and goes, "Fuck off, Paul." <laughs> <laughs> It's just really calm. It's just like, it almost like, just like, I'll finish, you know, I'll finish doing the pops and I'll come and talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's about to take a free kick of Wembley. It's just really going to fuck up, Paul. Yeah. I'll be in a bit. Let's do this. A bit, you know it's, uh, it, he's, it, and that free kick is great. And that's, uh, for Pierce, I'm happy that, that he got to score an iconic goal at Wembley in a forest kit. Yeah. It's yeah. great. But the, to this day, it really hurts. So let's skip ahead now, 93, end of an era, Clough leaves, the Frank yeah. Clark era begins. It was brilliant. And it was like, obviously, the, the club's gone through like a personality crisis. In comes Clark, signs Collymore, which is one of the best signings we've ever had. And it was a great season because it, was, it felt weird being in the, the second division. But when you're doing well, it's great. So oh, this is just like a one-off year where we get to yeah. be really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets promoted. And then it, back and what the, was Frank Clark? He obviously played Forest in that big European Cup. That's team. right. Yeah. Did he? Did he manage before? He'd been at Leighton Orient. Right. <laughs> so, so no. He'd <laughs> 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 Orient, but Crawford apparently always respected yeah. him as a. And was he like an anointed man like David Moyes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah it was very really? much close choice. Yeah. Yeah. He was brilliant. I remember we used to go down because we didn't live far from the ground at half-term holidays and watch the team train. Oh really. And under Clough, the training ground was always locked, but Frank Clark used to let us in. So, like... Where would you stand? Was there stands, or were you just stand at the just side? Stood, yeah, on the side of the pitch. <laughs> just sort of stood, like, the training as close to you as I am to you now. Like, wow! It was great. Colin yeah. Pierce, well, it like... Well, like you can get stuck in. Like, <laughs> well, this is the thing. So, we sort of did. And then I... So, and again, as I was saying, my mum can't take photographs. And, like, I, it's, it's something I can't forgive her for to this day. But Stuart Pierce, at the end of training, was get us to line up in a wall... And he would take free kicks over us. Now we're just like six weeks from Nottingham, so like no! she'd, bring, she'd, bring, wow! she'd bring kids off the street, like inner city Nottingham, and like you know most of them couldn't afford to go to games. And then the, this England star is like, you do a wall, and I'll shoot balls over you. Right? <laughs> so Pierce was like, and he would sign autographs. And, and is he leather in it as well? <laughs> Not really, no. Although, <laughs> although I once so the, the, Pierre Van Oudonk did in later years, and he really hurt me. Um, <laughs> I headed well, anyway. So the Pierce. Pierce would line us up and then you'd just be able to chat to them and everything. Wow. And my mum my couldn't take photos. So like, we'd be this close and she'd point the camera like direct and then they'd get developed and they're all like a feet. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of camera have you got? You've ruined all these, but obviously all the memories are in here. Yeah. But we, we would go and watch them train all the time. It was great. Wow. Really so Pierce went down and then came back up with Forrest. Like, Pierce went down. Yeah. Uh, Stuck yeah, stayed, stayed at Forest. What yeah. man? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when obviously Roy Keane left. Nigel when you Cooper. went to watch them training, what kind of things are they doing? Sort of five a side stuff. A lot. I remember them running with like for a period. They would wear these like um, like high vis jackets <laughs> that had lead weights in them, and then they'd run and like parachutes would come out the back. 
Seriously? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a boner, what? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the from Buck Rogers was there. It's all very confusing. So you'd watch them, you just, as a kid, obviously you're just a gog, but then in later years, every half-time holiday I'd sort of go down, sometimes I wouldn't be there, and then, um, so the Bassett era, where Van Hoydonk and Dean Saunders yeah. and Kevin Campbell, <laughs> went down to the training ground, they weren't there. We went to the stadium, and they were like, oh, they're training on the pitch today. And they said, you just wander in if you like. So me and my mate Ralph, we had like our buddies or whatever, and we sat there eating these ham sandwiches. And all the balls are going off into the stadium, and there's no one there. So Liam O'Kane comes over, uh, who was, um, you know, one of the backroom staff then, and a former player. But oh, boys, can you like go around, like, because the ball's going into the stadium, would you mind just like trying them down, like? And um, I said, yeah, I was like, God, I've basically got a job at Forest, right? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing these balls down, and I just said, hey, you fucking... Tw-. Like, F, 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 like the others, I was like, oh, they must be arguing during the game. Kicked on, oh, hey, you, you... All this, that, and the other. Turned around, Steve Chettle is on the sideline, right? Screaming at me, like, <laughs> blue murder. Marco Pascolo, who at the time had been the Swiss international keeper, yeah. is holding him back, and so is Des Little. <laughs> Leave it, it's not worth it. I'm like, I'm like stood there, I'm like, you know, a sort of well fed boy. Yeah. I look like, like a sort of, I don't know, I look like a, this sort of a butcher, just like rosy cheek, out of breath, just like, what? I, I can't do anything wrong. I was like, Liam O'Kane asked me to throw the balls down. And what had happened was they'd gone into a game of five a side, his team had a goal kick. I've thrown a ball down that's landed on the corner flag and someone's taken a corner and scored. And he's livid, right? <laughs> Oh, in a training game, like yeah, exactly. Wow. Not, not in an actual game where anyway that. If would only he trained that kind of drive in his football. Yeah, yeah. Just training games. So it, it really surreal. But this story has a happy ending, right? Because yeah. I told that story on Talksport years ago, and the other week someone tweeted a picture of his goal against Bayern Munich, and I remember the commentary because the ball gets floated over by David Phillips, and Chettles at the back post and just heads it in, and this is at Bayern Munich. And Motson, for a while, doesn't realise what's happening. He's actually a free kick for Nottingham Forest. And, uh, oh, it's a goal. Oh, Chettle. Steve Chettle. <laughs> so I just typed in that quote yeah. um, on the back of this tweet. And then Steve Chettle replied, hope you got over the boyhood bollocking. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Really sorry. I'm a nice guy. I was like, oh, mate, I'm over it now. <laughs> so me and Chettle are talking on Twitter now. Is Chettle someone you're a f- big fan of? I suppose oh, that yeah, yeah, role is a bit... stalwart, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously that goal. Yeah. So then I'm sat there, I think we're watching Line of Duty or something, and I'm saying to my girlfriend, <laughs> I've just been tweeted by Steve Chettle. <laughs> and she's from Glasgow, yeah. and she's, you know... She's Huge really fan like, of Steve Chettle. Yeah. <laughs> said, of course, yeah, yeah. She's like, what, the guy I have in your life? <laughs> she's like, who's Steve Chettle? I was like, oh, right, he... Right, 1996, right? <laughs> she doesn't care, but I'm like, what you have to understand is, this isn't just a conversation with a player, like, me and Chetler have had beef. This is like act three. This is an incredible ending. And then we'd be direct messaging each other on Twitter. Oh, He's so nice. nice. He was just like, I'm did, so did sorry. Did you remember like, the incident? Well, no, I was like, do you remember? He was like, no, no, no. And um, he didn't, he wasn't like, that definitely didn't happen, because like, he did, he wasn't yeah. denying it or anything, but um, he was just like, oh, I must have been having a bad day or whatever, I'm a nice guy really, and then we have sort of arranged that if I'm up in Nottingham and he's knocking around, we'll go for a pint. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, shit, handsome guy as well, he was the first, I think he was the first man as a kid, I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty little thing. When you go for that drink, you just love a football straight. <laughs> <laughs> 
four, big ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that Frank Clark team, they finished like third yeah. when they came up. Yes, we finished third in 94, 95. So when Blackburn won the league, United yeah. second, Forest third. And there were some phenomenal games that season. We beat Man United at Old Trafford. I remember the first home game of the season, Forest Man United, one all draw. Kanchelski scored a belting first goal. Collymore equalised with just a, a fantastic finish from the edge of the box. But I really wanted Alex Ferguson's autograph. So this, that was the day I punched Giggsy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a season ticket behind the away dugout. So Ferguson's come out after kickoff and he's walking along the touchdown. I thought, I'm going to time my run here. I went down to the front of the stand, leant over, and two stewards held me back. And Ferguson went, oh no, no, if the lad wants me autograph, let him have it. Takes my autograph book, signs it, and said, do you want me to pass it around the dugout? Passed it around the United dugout oh, and I'm back to wow. so some other ones. And there was so many, I, mean, I, remember, I really remember, the one I really remember is we beat QPR 3-2 and it was sort of end to end and all the goals were great and then right near the end, Collie Moore just picks it up, runs with it and in off the, I love in off the post. I think yeah. it looks brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And it just in off the post, the place, was, it was one of those things, I've watched it back on YouTube well, you see the whole stadium sort of all going up at the same time. The moment yeah, he picks yeah, the ball, yeah. and just more and more people are standing up. It's a fun, oh. it was, he was absolutely. So, did you have him one season in the what is now the Championship, and then yeah. one season in the Premier League? Yeah, and then he, yeah. And then he, he went to Liverpool. Liverpool yeah. um, great players, great strikers, of which Colin Moore is well. Less good, Jason Lee. Jason Lee <laughs> <laughs> came in for a last stick, didn't he? Yeah, how do, you, how do you feel about him? I mean, he was actually. He was quite good, wasn't he? was quite good. And for a while he was super sub, so he would come on and score. I remember he was going really late on against Spurs to get a 2-2 draw. I think it was about, there was a fortnight where it felt like he scored like four times in about two weeks. And um, it, it was always a bit unfair the stick he got, because he, yeah. he, would, he would score goals. And he was, like, he was tricky to defend against. And you had Andrea Salenzi. First who Italian. Who felt very, yeah, was he the first Italian in the Premier League? That's right, yeah. first Italian international. So league. exciting. Yeah. And he'd been top scorer in Serie A one year or something That's like right. that. That's right, yeah, yeah. And then was just dreadful. It was awful. And obviously, people sort of remember his big nose. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, it was the fact that he was like, like, oh, we're getting an Italian in Nottingham. And it's like, oh, they're not all fit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're not all cool. There's a bit in Stan Collymore's book about Jason Lee. They used to room together. Wow. And I thought it's really interesting insight into Jason Lee's character. This is Stan Collymore. Jason had a cleaning fetish. He used to bring a sort of fold-down cleaning kit with him for every away trip. He'd unravel it when we got to the room, and in all the pockets he would have containers of Harpic and Ajax and Jif. He had scourers, cleaners, wire wool. He had the kind of gear a bog cleaner would die for. And even though the hotel bathroom was always spotlessly clean when we checked in, he would make straight for it and clean the fucker out again. <laughs> I ain't going in no fucking bath that no dirty fucking bastard's been in, he would say. <laughs> and then he would start scrubbing. <laughs> Sounds like an old fish boy. <laughs> I'm dirty old bastard. <laughs> 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 oh, Mr. T, I ain't going in no fucking bath. What is your cleaning kit? He's going with John Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> been there Stan I can we talk about Pierre Van Hooydonk's strike this oh. is one of the this is the first big moment in player power yes where he said I don't want to I don't want to play anymore put me on the transfer list right you just realised that you're basically powerless as a football club you can't force yeah. someone to play football D yeah. did they cut off his wages he had to train with the reserves didn't he for a period well that's it like you, you, you're obviously begging someone to come back and play because you're in dire straits and then when they come back, you're then sort of punishing them. So it was, it was hard to know. Obviously, as a fan, you just wanted to play. Yeah, so did you have... How, how did everyone feel towards him? People were livid. 
people yeah, were yeah. really upset because we were in the, we were in trouble as well. It wasn't like I mean it would have been bad anyway, but we were in a tailspin that season. It was yeah. horrid, and to have this superstar who was I mean when he played for Forest, um, incredible talent, the power. Yeah. He was like a foot taller than everyone else. He could score free kicks for 40 yards. Yeah, he was It was amazing. insane how good he was. Yeah. Like fast and strong and everything. So is he the best player you've ever seen at Forest? No, everyone must not say this, but I think it's Andy Reid. Andy Reid is one of the best footballers I've ever seen. What? Yeah. Like, in terms of natural talent, one of the best... Fo- just mm. incredible. Incredible gift for... Long range passes with accuracy and ability to beat people. And the problem he had at Forest was he was clearly more f- better fo- football intelligence than his colleagues. Yeah. I guess to wrap up, to summarise the whole of the 90s at Forest, what is the moment for you that it's like, that is, that is the moment I'll remember? Um, I remember when we got promoted the second time, so the Van Hooydonk promotion, and everyone went on the pitch with champions. It was incredible. It was such a great thing. And it, we'd, we'd obviously been through relegation and promotion and relegation again. It was like, a, and. I remember about 10 minutes before the end of the game, the whole place has gone berserk. And they started chanting, hello, hello, it's good to be back, it's good to be back, hello, hello, it's good to be... And it was just going on and on and on and on and on. And like a few people started it in the A block and it just spread and spread. It just felt like the whole stadium was just singing it. I was a huge Oasis fan. Obviously later I found out that originally... Oh, Oasis as well. Probably that was quite common for them, but... Um, <laughs> But it, I just remember that moment, like, oh my yeah. God, like, lyrics of my favourite band being sung by everyone. And I, I ended up in the director's box with Steve Stone. Oh, so what? The, the we haven't talked about Steve Stone. Probably the be- one of the best players for Forrest in the 90s. He was great. I met him once. So do you remember Newspaper Week used to do at school, like, once a year, when the school would produce a newspaper for a yeah. national competition? Right. And I was the sports reporter for this week. Uh, and my school, the secondary school, was right near the Forest Ground. I'd been at school late for like school play rehearsals or something. I'm walking over Trent Bridge and the whole Forest squad are going to uh, Trattoria Antonio, the, the, the Italian restaurant on the, on the bridge. And I was like, oh my God. So I just went up to Steve Stone's. Like, I'm, I'm a sports reporter at my local school and can, can I interview you? And he's like, oh, of course you can meet you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse you, details, eh? So I told him my name and what school I was at and stuff like that. He was like, hey, I'll, I'll give you a call and like, maybe come down in the weekly. I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> went home like 10 foot. So obviously, wake up in the morning thinking, there's no way. <laughs> so I didn't know the school number off, but like, what yeah. kid knows? So what's your school's number? I said, like, oh, one five number. So he was like, he's going to have to get the phone book out. So I was like, oh, this is going I'm halfway through double science, and Mr. Groves comes in and goes, oh, it's uh, Matthew Ford here. He goes, I've just had Steve Storr on the phone. <laughs> Steve Stone. He's not long made his England debut. Yeah. Uh, I was like, he plays for Forest in England. He went, well, he said if you want to interview him, you can go down now. So just pack your bag and get down there. Wow! Ran down to the forest ground. Steve Stone's like, oh, "Have you had your lunch yet?" Takes us to the canteen, like Van Oyden, no in there, all of them. Way. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't. I just all I had was an A4 pad and a pen. I didn't have a dictaphone or anything. So I'm just sat there as a kid writing out long form. And like Van Oyden's coming over and Campbell and all that. It was like it was incredible. Oh wow! wow. It was it was phenomenal. And then uh, and then he was like, "Oh, do bring us a copy, mate." So after we did it, I took it down to the training ground. He was like, hello, mate. And I like, got it out in front of the oh, place. Wow. Like, oh, I'm in the paper. Yeah, yeah you're Steve Stone, mate. You're in, the video to, you're in the video to Three Lions scoring for England. You're better than this thing. It was uh, really what I thought were quite sort of. You get really direct, honest answers. So we really? just signed, who was it? We just signed a midfielder from, um, I think he ended up Birmingham. I can't remember his name now. But I was like, oh, does it worry that you've, that, 
Forrest have signed him. It was like, oh no no, he's just here to replace me when I'm injured. Like I don't feel like any envy towards him because I know I'm better than him and all stuff like this. Wow. I'm happy. I was asking about ticket prices, which even then were uh, you know a controversial thing. Um, and he was like, he thought they should be lower, and that you know he was a working class dad and all this. And it was just it was phenomenal. I asked him everything: wages, ticket prices, all the stuff. And he gave me really good straight answers on it. Oh wow, what a scoop! <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, it was spelled Steve Store. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for coming in. Pleasure. Cheers. Pierre Van Hooydonk, who scored from the free kick, has a chance for another from the penalty spot and takes it. There we go, that was Matt Ford, Nottingham Forest. Josh, so much to talk about. There was so much more there than I thought there was going to be. I didn't really think of Nottingham Forest as a big kind of 90s event, but mm. it turned out they had a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, like so much happened. I mean, all the way from Roy Keane to Andrea Salenzi in four years. <laughs> <laughs> One hour of your time. One hour of your time. Uh, before we go, reviews. Yes, the idea is that you leave a review you mentioned a niche 90s footballer. The following week, Michael will insert their name into the opening title sequence. These are the reviews we've got this week. A great trip down memory lane reminds me of the good times. Not just all my relegations. That's from Nigel Quasi. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's later than nice. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, he's, he's definitely around. Yeah. Um, what a great podcast. I had to stop midway through a run because I was oh, laughing so much. Oh, come on. That's not going to help our stats. <laughs> so much at Paul Mercer's stories. Having had to resort to listen to Robbie Savage podcast recently on BBC, BBC, this is instantly beating it. Oh. Cheers, mate. That's from K Curl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, I haven't got time to worry about my podcast. I just want to feel good about the things I hear. And now, thanks to Quickly Kevin, I do. And that's the real David Ginola. Oh, that's actually uh, what they're doing. Oh, thanks, David. Thanks, no, David. Very good. Who's the best? I think for me, Ginola will be in the top. There we go, Ginola. He won't fit in with the quality we've got. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Next week, we have Ian Dowie. Thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch, here is how. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. And that's about it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye. When this old world starts getting me down And people are just too much for me to pay on the roof I climb way up to the top of the stairs And all my cares just drift right into space This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.